0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Good morning. Welcome into the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. I'm your host every other week, along with my co-host, Dr. Mike Karuchik. And each week, we bring you into the doctor's lounge to discuss the health care issues that we are facing in America today. Um, we are sponsored by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician-led health care think tank in the country. Docs for Patient Care stands for the doctor-patient relationship and health care freedom. And that's what we talk about on uh, this show, the Doctor's Lounge, each and every week, and we bring you the information that you need so that we can help arm you with the information that you'll need so that you can advocate for yourself and your family and uh, fight for your health care freedom. Um, so please support the Doctor Patient Care Foundation. Go to our website Triple W D4, that's the number four, PC foundation.org. And please generously support the efforts of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. We depend on you for the things that we do for you. And this show is one of those um, efforts that our foundation is uh, uh, hoping to bring to uh, everybody. Um, As my co-host Mike Kuruchik said last week, This is the uh, month of our third anniversary of doing this show. We want to thank everyone who listens to this show live or downloads it on uh, either the website or iTunes. Um, We are expanding our reach, um, uh, and uh, the sky's the limit. So please tell your friends about the Doctor's Lounge. Um, Tell them. Uh, what we're doing here, we we need uh, uh, everyone to uh, uh, understand the healthcare issues, and I think that uh, nobody does a better job than we do on this show. Without patting myself on the back, there's so much going on in healthcare right now. I mean, I, I we can we could probably do a four-hour show and still not cover some of the things that uh, we need to be talking about. We're, I'm purposely not talking about what's going on in Washington because everybody else is talking about it. And I can I can uh, give you um, our perspective, but most of our regular listeners know what that is. And I think that uh, uh, we just need to uh, uh, get it done Um there's nobody who is not talking about healthcare these days. Um, it sucked out all the oxygen in the room in newspapers and on TV. So uh, I'm not going. We're going to go in a different direction. Last week, uh, Mike um uh, played some highlights from our Certificate of Need uh, conference that we put on in Washington D.C., which was a grand slam. We had uh, our keynote speaker Newt Gingrich there, and uh, Mike almost in its its entirety uh, the uh, segments uh, that uh, Newt delivered at our meeting. Uh, Certificate of Need is a huge uh, issue that we talk about regularly on this show, and um, uh, this week uh, uh, Jim Manley from the Goldwater Institute um, pled a case before the Georgia Supreme Court to uh, try to overturn the certificate of need law here in Georgia. So uh, we'll see what develops from that. Um, Certificate of need. One of our core issues, one of the things that Docs for Patient Care talks about on a regular basis where we have expertise, the other areas being um, direct primary care, healthcare IT, and the last one, maintenance and certification. And um, the uh, maintenance and certification issue is something that uh, really is uh, an issue that affects people and they don't even know about it and it's something that is the one issue that unites doctors all around the country um there was a uh, this huge battle going on all over the country regarding what this means to doctors and what it means to patients um and uh just a few weeks ago, ground zero in maintenance certification was in Texas, where one of our board members and a good friend of, of ours, Ori Hample, uh, led the charge and helped to uh, uh, do what was necessary to overturn MOC in Texas. So today we are um, are honored to have uh, Ori on our show and, uh, and let him, uh, let everyone know how the battle lines were drawn in Texas, and how they uh, succeeded, what they had to do, and how others can uh, learn from this experience and replicate it around the country. So, Ori, welcome into the doctor's lounge once again. Ori, you there? Morning, Hal. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. So, so Ori, um, without me talking very much more, I'm going to let you do most of the talking. Um, so, maintenance certification um, is is a, uh, a a topic that is one of those almost in the weeds topics that people don't understand, but it's sort of like um, what we've seen happen around the country with labor unions how they are trying to uh, um, make sure that their shops, uh, workplaces stay, stay union. And so many states have laws where they take dues out of your salary and you have to join the labor union, and the pushback were right to work Laws, right to work states, and maintenance of certification is sort of like that in some way. So, with that setting the table, why don't you uh, tell us um, first of all, just just tease what happened in Texas, and then we'll go into what maintenance of certification is for those who are not regular listeners. <laughs>
2: Okay, Hal. Well, maintenance of certification is uh, something that came about uh, two to three decades ago. And it was where physicians, when they finished their training, uh, would get board certified. And the purpose of board certification was to show that when a physician was trained and they finished their subspecialty and specialty trainings, then... they could take some sort of uniform measure to prove that they're knowledgeable in their field of practice, and and that makes sense on a lot of levels to most people. However, what happened was that uh, you know physicians paid into the boards and the board systems only when they were initially certified, and there and uh, the various national boards, there's four, 24 major boards that are members of the American Board of Medical Specialties, the ABMS. And these boards came up with an idea that we should prove, that, that they need to prove to the public that the physicians are up to date. And the guys to do that would be that they created this maintenance of certification uh... and they would uh have ongoing payments as these maintenance and certification cycles went on and created a cash flow. In exchange for this cash flow, they were supposed to protect the public and make sure that doctors uh, are practicing safely. Now, this is of course a role for medical boards, for hospital peer review committees, and uh, and as far as doctors staying up to date, this is the whole purpose of continuing medical education which doctors have been doing for their entire career forever. So, um, but what happens is, is that this became, maintenance education became very contentious because the boards have convinced uh, hospitals that, and, and and physician groups, that it was important to police ourselves before somebody else polices us. And of course, as physicians, we're policed all the time from, you know, uh, so many different entities. You know, I joke here in Texas and say, every day I wake up wishing I was only as regulated as the oil industry, because we have double the numbers of agencies that scrutinize us as physicians. So um, so there, what has happened is that the, some of the boards, the most egregious probably is the American Board of Internal Medicine, But some of the boards and most of the boards have taken this MOC process to an extreme level to the point where it really taxes the physician financially and psychologically and requires them to pass high-stakes examinations and and create various tasks and uh, keep track of things and collect data for the boards so that they they can do research uh, utilizing that data. And what happens is it takes the doctors away from their families and takes them away from their patients. And so physicians often have to scale back their practice during the times that they study for these board uh, examinations and and so there has been there uh, in recent years some of the activity of the boards has been exposed in newspaper articles and and um, magazine articles and there's been a tremendous backlash from the physician community at large against this maintenance of certification. Really nobody has really gone against initial board certification and but it's the maintenance of certification. It would be the equivalent of a lawyer having to retake the bar exam every 10 years. The maintenance certification cycles are typically every 10 years for most specialties. So we know that, you know, half of lawyers fail the board the bar exam the first time. So it would be like like having lawyers retake the bar exam every 10 years if you try to impose that on lawyers i think they would object and this is really what the maintenance certification process is and what happened was is they've infiltrated medical staff bylaws and insurance panel requirements so that for example uh a physician might hold a license in a state uh but and be fully be legal for them to practice medicine, but unless they maintain that certification, they cannot have hospital privileges and they cannot be on insurance panels, which means they really can't work. So it acts as a de facto licensing and supersedes the medical licensing provided by each state and and thereby uh, bypassing the whole purpose of the state really regulating its own physicians.
1: So let me, let me um, just summarize and, and kind of put this together because we're going to be coming up to a hard break. Um, so basically, the, the boards that exist that the doctors participate in and support, and they, they've trademarked, the term board certification. So, so this is this is very powerful, and they've they've um, actually marketed this so that people would um, demand or they would look for a board certified doctor. So they control this process. The the boards, however, realized that they were um, not part of the um, financial gravy train. Of uh, an income after they've granted board certification, there's a huge industry, a huge business in continuing medical education that they did not participate in. So, out of thin air, they created this whole process, and um, they invented it under under. Um, false pretenses that there was a public demand for it that it was the only way that um, that uh, quality can be controlled, and so they um, put a time limit on what was once unlimited board certification and um, made uh, not only um, recertification. A ten-year or or a seven-year uh, cycle, depending on the board. But they also made the doctors have to maintain that certification every year or every two years. And and um, there's money involved at every single step of the way. And there is, and this is these are big dollars, right, Ori?
2: Yeah, this is a, these dollars are in the billions of dollars. Uh, just as an example, um, in this process, I learned where there are websites that report about nonprofit organizations and their tax forms and their income. Well, um, you know, the, the American Board of Internal Medicine, for example, has an annual income and cash flow of approximately 57 million, and cash on hand and assets of approximately 51 million.
1: And that's a nonprofit board, right?
2: Correct. And then, for example, you know, most of the surgical boards belong to a secondary organization called the American College of Surgeons. And the American College of Surgeons, since it's not a board, is, for example, allowed to lobby. And the American College of Surgeons has annual income in excess of $200 million and assets in excess of $560 million.
1: So so basically what we're really looking at, it, 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 when you want to come down to it, you need to just follow the money. But you know what? This is a great time to break, and we'll get back into what you did in Texas when we get back in Doctor's Lamps in the next segment, so stay with us. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
0: Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back
1: into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, with my guest, Dr. Ori Hampel, um, one of the uh, board members of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. Um, we're talking about. Maintenance certification and the charge led by Ori and the Texas doctors to roll this back. So, Ori, we we um, we know that there has been a backlash against the boards by doctors around the country because this has just been, you know, really um, unfair. It's it's uh, not only not only are there people who are benefiting. Sitting on the boards who are basically shaking down their constituencies and taking money out of their pockets so that they can line theirs, but there are also doctors who are exempting themselves, their grandfather, and they don't have to worry about this. So there's different classes of doctors, and the younger ones are really the ones who are bearing the brunt of this. So doctors around the country have uh, revolted. So, so they've done it in in uh, Oklahoma. They've done it in um, in uh, in Michigan. We're, the doctors are approaching their state medical associations around the country and their state legislatures. But but you've you've really uh, done it uh, done a great job in Texas, and that is serves as a roadmap for those people around the country who. Uh, who need to know what they can do? So, so first, you went to the to the uh, to the um, to the Texas to the Texas Medical Association House of Delegates, right?
2: Correct. So, so the, the way the way that uh, what what I've learned in this process is that first of all, this is not a one physician thing. This this effort in Texas involved hundreds and, and most likely thousands of physicians. Um, and, and this is a cause that's very important to physicians. So the most important thing is you, you have to have a cause and, 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 and a reason that would uh, uh, stimulate action.
1: Okay. So, so before so, you before you go on, the cause was that the doctors doctors who decided that they did not want to participate in this and give their hard earned money to boards that were that were shaking them down for, because there's been never been a study that has proven that there's any benefit to this there is no public outcry this is all manufactured so so doctors decided that they did not want to participate and if they didn't they lost their hospital privileges and they got dropped from insurance panels
2: correct but this is also it's very important to talk about that this maintenance certification process it hurts patients Okay. It hurts the physician-patient relationship, and it hurts patients. It hurts patients because when the physicians are studying for these high-stakes t- high examinations, and some doctors end up cocooning for months away from their family and away from their patients, they decrease their hours. They're seeing less patients. This is worsening the doctor shortage right and the other thing is i can't tell you how often i've heard this i heard this yesterday i heard this the day before in doctors lounges in the hospitals where i practice and it is that physicians come to me and say oh i just took my examination great i passed it I'm retiring in exactly 10 years because I'm not doing this again. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, physicians are timing their retirement. The most qualified, most experienced physicians, the most dedicated physicians, they would be happy to practice on a part-time or full-time basis well into their 70s, etc., these physicians are giving up practice and taking themselves away from access to patients um, uh, or from patients accessing them merely because of the MOC process
1: and, and let me give you a, a, a very tangible example here in Georgia um, I'm as, as the regular listeners know I'm, I'm a actively practicing pediatric urologist I'm the chief of of urology at Scottish Rite Children's Hospital, in in Atlanta, Atlanta Healthcare of uh, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta is a huge um, uh, healthcare consortium, and we've um, created a, a clinically integrated network, unlike any other in the country, where all the almost all of the um, pediatric specialties and pediatricians are working together to try to uh, improve health care of children. Well, two doctors, I'm on that board, and two of the doctors, had, to, had to, we had to drop them because they lost their board certification because they did not um, maintain their certification. So they were delisted by the American Board of Pediatrics. And because they lost that, the hospital dropped them. And then they had to leave the clinically integrated network. Now their patients can still see them, but they're they're not able to participate in this incredible effort to help improve health care Just because they did not maintain their certification, they didn't get, become worse doctors. They're the same doctor. They just are not the they're not being recognized by the board that already gave them board certification. Correct so anyway texas so so um you've you've discovered that it takes a village
2: no it it takes a much larger community than that <laughs> but <laughs> but but basically you re- this is something that is this is not a a one person show and and this involved a lot of physicians who simultaneously and independently saw Elimination of maintenance of certif- board certification as a cause as a cause that's worthwhile to sp- invest their their precious free time and and trade in sleep in the middle of the night for being activists to mobilize to eliminate this as a cause. So basically, so w- one of the first steps is is that you have to have a cause that ever, that most people agree on, and and in this case, physicians you know almost o- o- almost unanimously agree, unless the physician is actually part of the board and sits on the board or is paid by the board or teaches review courses for the boards, then the physician is pretty much against this process.
1: And and, and we're not talking about um, uh, any any kind of effort to not take initial board certification. There's virtually no doctor that thinks that that's a good idea. Everybody wants to take initial board certification
2: right no no people are not opposing that that nobody's questioning that at the, at this point in time but but the 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 issue is about this maintenance of certification so so let's let's let, let let me sort of review kind of my experience of what i saw happening in texas so there was this cause of the maintenance of certification and this was really partially stimulated by the great work that the doctors in oklahoma had done by by getting a law passed to outlaw maintenance of certification. So, so one of the things one has to do is get a consensus from the physician groups. And, and in Texas, the biggest group, of course, is the Texas Medical Association. It is the largest state medical society uh, in, in the country. So, so, you know, there was a resolution that was presented at the Texas Medical Association.
1: That you brought up.
2: That, that that I authored, and and this was brought up uh, uh, last year, and and it was brought up at the House of Delegates, and it was discussed, and it was uh, referred to committees for discussion and for study, and and that uh, basically, when the Texas Medical Association and, and endorses a cause, like saying that maintenance and certification needs to go away, then. Then that gives the legislators uh, a stamp of approval saying, this is what the doctors want. And so the doctors, the Texas Medical Association, basically told the Texas legislature, we want MOC out. Okay, so now the legislatures can the legislators can can use that as a stamp of approval for a cause that relates to healthcare. So then, what one really needs and what is really the essential part of this, and there's no way that this law this bill could have become law uh, without this. And this is a legislator champion, and this is really, really the key. So, so. One needs to identify, or self, or or, or a legislator will self-identify, uh, as happened in Texas. Um, a, a legislator who's going to champion this cause, the bill. They're going to nurse this bill through all the process of getting a bill to become a law. And in Texas, the there were two main champions. One was a physician who. Uh, her name is Dawn Buckingham who is a state senator in Texas who has been on a mission to get rid of MOC for 15 years. She's a pediatrician, she's op- right? No, she's a, she's an ophthalmologist, ophthalmologist in the Austin area and she understands the nuances of MOC and its legislation inside and out. She understood all the shortcomings of the Oklahoma law and, and where it may have fallen short. And she and she has talked to, to to legislators and physicians across the country over this cause at the level. Okay, so of the she was a well place. versed
1: a well versed um, champion in the Senate, and then Correct. and then and, you and had she, one in. She,
2: and she, Right, and she authored the initial bill called SB 1148, and so it started as a Senate bill, and she had a, a sponsor in the House who mirrored her initial bill, and, and this is a neurosurgeon from my area named Greg Bonnet, and and this neurosurgeon also, uh, he, he, you know, again, for himself, he's like, I'm planning on being board certified and uh, maintaining certification, but... I think this should be voluntary, and this shouldn 't be imposed, and so he took this on as a cause as well, and so you had two sponsors, one in each in each house, both of them physicians, both of them committed, both of them understanding the nuances of the legislation
1: and of the cause. okay so so we 've set it up you have you need physician champion or champions in in state legislature it doesn 't hurt if these champions are doctors and understand the issue um, thoroughly. So we're going to find out what, what came next in the next segment in the Doctors' Lounge, so please stay tuned.
4: Thank you.
2: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
0: Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on The Doctor's Lounge and hear The Doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. This is uh, the third anniversary of the Doctor's Lounge. I want to thank our um, our, uh, board operator, producer, um, station owner and operator, David Moxley, for all of his help and support in uh, allowing us to present to you every week these um, important healthcare care issues and talk about health care policy that uh, is important to the Docs for Patient Care Foundation and uh, every single person uh, in this country. So please go to our website, support what we're doing. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Um, we're talking with Ori Hample about uh, con. I'm sorry about MOC. All the numbers, alphabet soup gets jumbled in my head sometimes. We're talking about maintenance of certification, the the Texas story, um, and we left off with um, with legislative champions um, to uh, take up what uh, uh, Ori started in the House of Delegates at the Texas Medical Association. So um, uh, Don Buckingham and. Um, and uh, what's and the neurosurgeon's name was?
2: It, it's Greg
1: Bonin. Greg Bonin, and so they they uh, they worked they worked the, their their colleagues.
2: Correct, and they were communicating with each other, and they 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 they're both were experienced enough in the process to know exactly what they needed to do at every step of the way, and that is and that is imperative. And the other thing that they were doing is uh, is uh, um, they were observing the process, and and they knew who the players in the game were.
1: In who were the words, players?
2: Who are the power makers, the people that bring, you know, who are the people who sit on the various committees? Who which, who do they need to talk to to move the bill along? And, and this bill had so many roadblocks, so many obstacles, and there were so many late, last-minute deadline activities that, that involved passing what, of this bill. It's,
1: it's, what was the biggest obstacle?
2: The biggest uh, obstacle was the negative campaign and the opposing campaign from the board system and the American College of Surgeons was probably the most formidable foe. And what they have done, these uh, uh, the opposition is they manipulated the strongest lobby, which is the hospital lobby, um, to fight against the doctors. So these organizations that are supposed to represent the doctors, they are funded by the doctors, funded well <laughs> by the doctors, were opposing the express the explicit. And definite wishes of greater than 90% of the doctors. Why? Well, this is, it's, their, it's their meal ticket. I mean, the, the uh, MOC means that uh, there's a constant cash flow into the board system, into the continuing medical education system into, that they control. And so they're just protecting their turf. And they were manipulating and misinforming uh, the hospitals. And when the hospitals are told something, then they have their lobbyists and what happened in this case is that the hospitals utilized their regular lobbyists, and they were hiring additional lobbyists. So so there were points in time where this bill was on the floor, and the gallery was basically full of hospital lobbyists.
1: Okay, so so you're, in the Texas legislature, you've got the you've got um, people fighting amongst themselves. You've got doctors fighting doctors. You've got hospitals fighting doctors. How did they? How did? Uh, who do you believe?
2: Well, one is if you follow the money, then you'll see who's right and who's wrong. Um, and and I mean that's that's a pretty simple concept, and then you have to ask yourself, has maintenance of certification improved patient care, prevented malpractice, and the answer is not, and, you know, if you, you know, occasionally you'll read a horrible news story about a physician who molested a patient or some something criminal that some doctor has done, and almost invariably they're board certified, so the board certification process um, has not really protected the public against bad doctors and you know the very few doctors that that might be bad and rotten eggs so so i mean basically this is kind of what what's had to happen. So Don Buckingham started this bill, and 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 Greg Bond and co-sponsored it in the, in the House. And and Don Buckingham was very very smart. She um, brought this through one committee after the next in the Senate with extremely lo- with with extreme stealth. There was absolutely no fanfare. Her goal was to move th- this bill through the various committees uh, in the Senate, and and. And during this process, there were physician activists that were following this bill and and you know through one amendment after the next in committee and Don basically you know guarded the bill and 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 there was very little grassroots input at that point in time because the bill was progressing without a problem and um but there were plenty of physician activists who were involved and, and and in the background watching this very closely. And then what happened was it went out of committee in the Senate and it was passed by the Senate by a vote of thirty one to nothing. And that made national medical news. And then the board, the entire board system, the ABMS, the American Board of Medical Specialty, and its twenty-four member boards, as well as the American College of Surgeons, representing, secondarily representing all, all the surgical boards. The
1: American College of Sur- or the American Board of Surgery?
2: No, no, no. The American College of Surgeons, because American Board of Surgery, all the no, boards no, no, no,
1: no, no. They they were okay. They were they were acting on behalf as an agent of the correct yes of the American correct. Board of Surgery.
2: Right, the American College of Surgeons, And so what happened was, we found this after the fact, is actually I saw this this week, um, that the ABMS, the American Board of Medical Specialties, sent a letter to all its boards to to inform them that there's activity in Florida and Texas, and that they need to mobilize and fight this, and they need to find their board members need to go into Texas and fight this process, uh, actively fight this process in order to reserve maintenance certification, and you know.
1: <laughs> so tell so so Ori, so t- the bill you, we said well, the bill did this the bill did that what what was what were the features of the bill what did that what is what does it say?
2: Okay, so this is basically the most powerful anti-MOC bill. It says several things. One is that maintenance certification cannot be used for licensure. Maintenance certification cannot be used for insurance panel participation. So a, a, uh, a, a health plan can't deselect a patient, a physician who was perfectly qualified to take care of their patients just because they suddenly didn't didn't pay their fee to the main certification or didn't pass an examination that has minutiae in it that the physician hasn't used in 30 years.
1: So wait so, so if, if a board deselects a doctor and or delists a doctor, um, the board does not, have they don't show that the doctor is board certified, right? Right. So, is the insurance company are the insurance companies now? Um, there's there's no um, stipulation that they had to be board certified at one point.
2: Well, it, it effective January 1, 2018, according to this law, um, an insurance panel cannot require maintenance of certification.
1: Maintenance so, of certification.
2: Maintenance, not initial certification. Okay. Maintenance of certification. Okay. So, what happened to. They can show, they can
1: show um, uh, evidence that they were board certified at one point. Right. Okay. All right. Right,
2: but so, it doesn't talk about initial board certification. It okay. only has to do with maintenance of certification. Got it. Okay. So, so insurance,
1: insurances, insurance companies can't can't uh, deselect. Doctors. What, what else does this bill say? Correct.
2: And then the next thing it says that hospitals cannot require physicians to, to have maintenance of certifications. And it specifies that the decision for hospital privileges, whether or not maintenance certification is a requirement, is up to the individual medical staffs. Okay. So, in other words, the medical staff at each hospital is going to make the decision whether whether maintenance certification is appropriate for themselves or not. And the hospital has no say. But there are two, there, there are two exceptions. one is a dedicated cancer hospital such as MD Anderson, which, because of one physician on its board that's a, a MOC, an MOC champion uh, is basically forcing all the physicians at MD Anderson to go through this process and then um, and the medical schools so the medical schools can require their physicians that are employees of the medical schools to maintain certification. but for example, if a medical school such as university uh, of texas of houston uh medical school it can require it all of its physicians that are uh, professors to maintain, be, certification. maintain certification their main hospital of practice such as uh, memorial herman hospital in the medical center the uh the medical staff there still has the ultimate decision and not the
1: medical school okay so so um th- three parts hospitals can't can't um Use uh, maintenance certification for inclusion on the medical or exclusion from the medical staff. The Unless insur-
2: the physicians, right,
1: right, The insurance companies can't can't uh, use that for inclusion in their panels, and the state can't use it for licensure. Okay. Correct. So um, so that seems that seems like um, a a uh, a law that. Uh, you know, any any law that uh, is passed can uh, is is subject to being overturned, isn't it?
2: Well, of of course, but um, you know, the question would be on on, on what grounds. I mean, basically, uh, if you go to the website of any of the boards, the main disclaimer at the top of every website and for every board is that this board certification process is voluntary.
1: Maintenance certification? No,
2: is, no. Board certification is, is voluntary, and maintenance of certification is voluntary. Okay. So, according to the boards, they're saying the process is voluntary, but in practice, it has not been. That's correct. So this is this is basically this turns Texas into a right to practice state, right? Not now, just a right to work state, but a right to practice well,
1: state. Well, or as as our good friend and colleague Meg Edison says, and and has has um, uh, entitled her legislation right to care
2: absolutely and this is important and Meg knows this more than anybody because she actually went through the maintenance certification process and on principle withheld paying the $1,500
1: they wanted
2: Correct. They want fifteen hundred dollars. She passed the examinations. She did everything, but she fit, she wouldn't pay them the money because um, just to prove a point uh, that this is wrong. And so she got de- she got delisted as being board certified. And Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan sent letters to over a thousand of her patients, telling them that she is no longer their doctor. So suddenly, over a thousand patients. Who had a relationship with a physician who's an excellent physician? Uh, suddenly, we're told you cannot go to see your doctor. And
1: she could have ended all of that if she wrote a check for fifteen hundred bucks.
2: Correct. Correct. And and uh, and you know, there's things that happen after that. But but the, the issue is that the patients lost their doctor over this process.
1: And- a qualified doctor yeah yeah and and unfortunately um you know this is, i don't think that this is the end in texas because the the this is this is big bucks and people are are losing are losing uh some income and i i think that that they will they will come back after you and and everyone else and challenge this and and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to to uh, give me your opinion about that when we get back in the next segment of the Doctor's Lounge. So please stay with us.
0: Coming soon, only on AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. The insurance deal.
2: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
0: Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: This is our last segment in the Doctor's Lounge. We're talking with Ori Hample uh, from uh, Texas, uh, one of the uh, officers in the Docs for Patient Care Foundation board. And uh, he's shared his maintenance certification uh, repeal Experience in the state of Texas, which is uh, a, a true American success story uh, in typical Texas fashion. Um, so, Ori, um, where was the AMA in all this?
2: Well, it's interesting because the AMA had created the American Board of Medical Specialties. So the AMA was involved in creating this monster, but what then the AMA did is the AMA stepped back. And now the AMA sees that basically, you know... <laughs> All of its members, the the few that are left after what it has done to support Obamacare, all of its members and the the, all the doctors, ninety plus percent of the doctors are against MOC. So the AMA is now against MOC, and they're actually they're now authoring language that for, for physicians to use to eliminate MOC from medical staff bylaws. So the AMA is actually on the side of getting rid of MOC but but I, they weren't really.
1: They're not actively. Involved. They're not actively engaged. They sort of.
2: They, they had, weren't in Texas. I don't know. I don't know what their level of engagement is behind the scenes, but in front of the scenes, uh, in a scene, they were not very uh, active. Now, the Texas Medical Association PAC, Tex PAC, was involved, and there were a whole bunch of physician activists there were on top of this. The, the AAPS group in Texas uh, that was led by. I, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> um it was led by uh, Sheila um oh I am
1: not Sheila Jackson
2: No no not, not Sheila Jackson Lee <laughs> Um yeah I'll, I'll look it up because she deserves credit because okay. uh, her work is is uh, was truly incredible Um but uh You had
1: you uh, had Judith Thompson working on this you had Judith Chris Thompson you had Chris on this. Chris Held you had uh uh wasn't uh Hughes involved in this? Jesus.
2: A genius, every, Sheila Page Sheila Page is the was the president of the Texas AAPS chapter and she was very involved Right. and then um, we had people like uh, Dr. Kim Monday the prior president of the, of the Harris County Medical Society that's the Houston area the largest okay. medical society in the country um, uh, so, at the county level and so people So we had all these physicians who were watching this okay and as the bill was progressing through committees in the house because it had no roadblocks in the Senate until it passed and then all the roadblocks were coming in the house, so and that was after
1: the lobbying effort um, that was stimulated by the ABMS.
2: Well, no, I mean, right. So, so what happened was the bill came over to the house, and then it uh, it had first it it had to be assigned to the to the committee, and and the committee ended up being public health. So then all so then what happened was all all these physicians that were involved, and we named just a few. I mean, this is dozens and dozens of physician right, activists that right. led the charge and then these physicians were emailing in the middle of the night and calling physicians and telling everybody in the hospitals and what was happening was literally hundreds and hundreds of physicians would then mobilize at each committee level and to call and to email every member of the committee to push this bill along and then after it went through the public health of course it only passes at the very last minute then it has to go to the calendars committee to be put on the Calendar to get a vote on the on the floor. So then, so then, of course, the deadline was Friday, and it never made it there until Friday after seven o'clock at night. But but physicians were calling right. every member of the calendars committee, and they weren't just calling and emailing; they were doing it on Moss. And so, what was really happening was at some point, the committee members on the calendars committee in, in the Texas House called the authors of the bill and said... Our offices cannot function because all they're doing is answering phone calls from doctors pushing SB 1148. And if you guys don't back off, we're gonna kill this in committee because our offices can't do their functions of handling any other legislation. So, for example, I'll give you an example. That Friday, I had a, a general surgeon uh, text me um, at, at six or seven o'clock in the evening and sa- told me I, had, I have called Every single office of every single House member and every single Senator in Texas, um, and I'm down to the last twelve, and I can't call anymore because I have no more saliva and no more voice. <laughs> and, then, and, and then he said, "I have never done anything like this." And and um, and I, and then of course I texted him back, "Congratulations, you just became a citizen." Um, and so but he wasn't alone i mean there were there were physicians okay. that have never never stepped into the legislative right. arena because this was a cause that's so important i to them. i
1: I, Ari, I don't want to run out of time but I want you so so I, we we get it that this was a group effort this was this took grassroots on the part of physicians actually um, being being advocates for themselves and their patients, so so I want you to just briefly because we're not going to have time. Give give a, a and and I want you to give a roadmap of what um, how this can be replicated, what steps need to be taken, and and you're going to be producing uh, a, a white paper, for lack of a better term, that will be. On the Docs for Patient Care website about this experience and about you know a how-to list, um, this being one of our core issues. But if I'm if I'm a doctor, you know, in Georgia we have a very watered-down bill that was um, that was um, uh, ushered through by um, one of the state representatives, Betty Price, who happens to be the wife of our secretary of HHS, Tom Price. And she was able to get through a watered-down bill in Georgia, which just says that MOC can't be used for, um, for licensure. It doesn't say anything about the hospitals or the insurance per se. I mean, it's just not a strong bill like Texas. So if we wanted to get doctors in Georgia to... Uh, to pick up the mantle give us in the next five minutes just a a step by step what needs to happen
2: great Um, you you know of course we're just one white paper away from fixing MOC yes so so, so basically one is of course define the cause with with um resolutions in the in the in the Georgia uh Medical Association which of course Georgia has done um, then um, uh I, you need to identify uh, uh physician champions preferably physicians but if not legislator champions in both houses that are going to make this their mission that they're going to ignore not ignore but but focus on this as their main function during the legislative session to get this passed. And then there needs to be a network of physicians <coughs> who can keep track of what's – and be in contact with that those legislator champions to know and, – and have a whole list of email lists and cell phone list of physicians that as soon as, as – at every step of the process and committees to – go in there and and call and write and for example, one thing that uh, Judith Thompson did, the general surgeon in Texas, was on her own she drove to Austin and went to the offices of every committee member on the, cal- on, on, on the health committee or the calendars committee and took with her the 990 tax forms from the ABMS and showed them that these board members were being, being paid $750,000 per year for being on the boards. And that shows the legislators, look, this process this is... Maybe corrupt and so um, and so people that are willing to get into these offices and really be very very active, but they, they can 't be active all the time they need to be active at the key times when the committee has the bill when the committee needs to vote and and then uh, the last thing is that the you know doctors in general then need need to be uh, ready to mobilize and then the most important thing and this is what Texas needs to do see this is this fight is not over physicians all across texas and if anybody's hearing this and those a physician in texas call them write them berate them whatever it takes physicians need to mobilize to, to to go to their bylaws hospital bylaws committees and go to their general medical staff meetings and and vociferously get rid of moc in their in their bylaws the the physicians need to be in charge in our Supposed to be in charge of the bylaws of the every hospital, and the physicians need to get the bylaws changed to eliminate it. Now, here's one big article, uh, obstacle that that we need to champion, and that is the the main argument that the American College of Surgeons had in manipulating hospitals to fight the MOC cause is that that there is some board certification language that is in the Federal Register in regulations of hospitals getting money for being trauma centers or chest pain centers or stroke centers um, that says that they need board-certified physicians available. And so um, what we need to do is find the places for for Secretary uh, Price, so that he can, and, and urge him, to get rid of maintenance of certification as any requirement for hospital funding of any sort. To v- define that maintenance of certification is not a requirement for chest pain centers. Initial board certification, fine. Or for trauma centers. And that is the only argument that the hospitals had. So if we can get maintenance of certification to be deregulated. Out of the Federal Register, and and and, um, and I'm sure Congressman Price is extremely busy, so he would need help from physicians who can do this and others who can do this. Is if we can get moc out of all the CMS regulations, then there really would be absolutely no pushback or very little pushback from hospitals because. If the hospitals are not worried about funding or money, then they're not going to fight.
1: Ori, this is a um, this is a in the weeds kind of topic. We we always I always kind of um, entertain this on the radio, um, tongue in cheek or or a little sheepishly because we lose a lot of people who say you know who yawn about this or say so what. Um, Is it important to get people involved? We've got one minute. Um, Is it important to get the general public involved, and how do you do that?
2: Well, I mean, you have to tell them that uh, your doctor, instead of taking care of you answering your phone calls or or helping you, your doctor is studying for some test of minutiae that's uh, not not improving uh, the quality of care. Uh, your doctor is retiring uh, based on his MOC cycle. I mean, wouldn't you want your doctor that you've had a relationship with for 20 or 30 years to still be your doctor? He, he knows you. Your do- He cares about you. Uh, why would you want to give up the doctor who knows? you because he doesn't want to jump through the MOC
1: hoops again. okay well you know what Ori we are at the end of our show and uh, you know I think that what you did in Texas was uh, you know just uh, unbelievable you deserve a whole lot of credit you you in particular you really I mean you you were part of this but you helped introduce this in in the uh, Texas Medical Association so we are at the end Ori, thanks for being with us, and we hope to have you again. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for being with us in the doctor's lounge, and until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz.
5: on call.org or call toll free
0: 1-800-714-6993 today you're listening to america's web radio on the americas broadcast Network.com. thank you for listening